thing my whole life. So good for the art, that's why I'm so nice. I've been doing this thing my whole life. So good for the art, that's why I'm so nice. It is the Man of Podcast, episode number three. One. What's up, baby? We got Wes Dunham is always in here with us. Yo. And instead of Tyler, we have special guest who stood us up last week. Hannah the Hurricane guy <laughs> coming off that dominant win at Bellator. What's up? Uh, clue, cue the, the applause. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, anyway, so uh, getting started, we um, can talk about that fight a little bit more. We talked about it mostly last week, but tell me what it's been like after winning that fight. I know you've been doing a lot of interviews and stuff. Does it seem surreal? Is it like just another fight? What's it been like? Yeah, it's kind of been just like another fight, but definitely like more in the spotlight. So that's kind of weird. Like I have all these people on Instagram just commenting on my stuff randomly. That's um, good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, me, I mean, influence, influence means money. You know? Yeah, but I mean, it was cool to have like I felt like pretty dominant performance like on a big show like that. So I feel like we definitely took advantage of a very good opportunity. Yeah, for sure. I, I thought she was beatable. Um, when we got offered the fight, I, I thought it was like a winnable fight for you, but I didn't. I was a little worried about your mindset going in. Explain that a little bit to me, your mindset going into that fight. And I don't want to conduct this as an interview, but I just wanted to ask these first little couple questions before we get into anything else. What was your the mindset difference in this fight versus other fights? Because it was a difference. What do you think triggered that difference? I think it was just being in a better place in my life, honestly. And just because, like, last year was, like, a shit show. Yeah, 2020 <laughs> was rough on everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think just, like, getting my, like – life together a little bit more and kind of aligning my goals how i, I need them to be yeah. um and focusing on the right things was the most important what things were you focusing on family you know my friends that like actually care about me like realizing like f- real friends and like you know spending time with my family and then not being as selfish honestly yeah just a few different things yeah, that's, a, that's a proven principle for real and they've even they've even proven it in a modern uh, modern study, it's a biblical principle too. Is that um, everybody always preaches self care and how important self care is, but they've actually linked now that true happiness and like being being in a good headspace is actually more linked to serving others yeah. and being a servant and like finding ways to serve other people, and then that actually leads to true happiness more than like your traditional like self care ideology does. So. I'm not saying that there isn't a place for self-care, things like meditation and working out and things. I think those things are awesome. I think they're necessary. But I think that if you really want to try to find happiness, you're not going to find it in those things necessarily. Those are like ways to deal with stress. But if you want to find happiness, I think that's found in like looking at how you can serve others. And that's a that's a principle that's been proven scientifically. It's a biblical principle. It's a principle as old as time. When you look at like, even like Buddhism and, and even other religions, you'll see that that principle will, will come into play. And it's it's a pretty powerful principle of understanding. Man, look at me not silencing my phone mm-hmm. before the podcast. <laughs> it's a pretty powerful principle of like how to how to achieve happiness as a person beyond beyond, you know, your own goals or whatever, you know, because you have a lot of people that have a lot of things and, and su- success, but they're not happy. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. there's no there's no happiness found in that by itself. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'll say another thing. Like, sorry, interrupted you. I was done talking. Oh, okay. 
Um, I'll say another thing, like, spirituality is, like, a huge thing for me. And, like, last year, I was, like, not, like, fuck you, God, but, like, I wasn't, like, really I probably wouldn't even said first. that out loud on a podcast. <laughs> just, like, I wasn't saying that. But. No, I wasn't saying that, but I was definitely wasn't putting him first. So, yeah. I think getting that right, you know, because for me, that's super important. Right. So. Dropping the F-bomb and God in the same sentence. Well, but that I goes along you know, with what you yeah. said before, you know, right. uh, your faith, family, and your right mm-hmm. yeah if you're not if you're not getting if you're not doing things to improve all of them you're you're missing you're missing right. stuff you know what i mean there's like yeah. a but i did see a noticeable difference in your head difference in your headspace you were easier to work and coach with i think that even though like me and you kind of had a tough year last year a little bit you know like in our personal relationship you know we're not gonna get into a lot on here but mm-hmm. um i think that was necessary i think that was kind of like a good i think we needed that because it was getting to the point where it was getting harder for us to work together. Mm-hmm. And I was coming to the point where it was like, okay, she's going to have to go somewhere else to her camp. She's not, gonna, I'm not going to train her anymore yeah. if this continues. And I saw a, a, a switch after in this camp. And, and even before that, before this camp, I saw a shift switch. It was like, okay, you're starting to be, cause one of the things that <laughs> always made you so good was, you know, multiple factors. Yes. You're really skilled, but a lot of people are skilled. It's, it's your heart, your determination. And then, your coachability like the fact that you mm-hmm. listen extremely well in the corner you listen extremely well in the camp you do what I, the coaches that you're working with tell you to do you know what i mean um almost it, to detriment at times because you start listening to too many people uh, you had that issue before yeah but but that was like when i saw that you were doing that and like starting to do the, those things is when i saw a really big change you know what i mean in, in in like your mindset you were like really coachable in this camp so that was cool yeah, um, didn't one of the Bellator people, maybe not Bellator people, but another coach was like, every time you said something, she was like a robot. Yeah. She like did everything. Yeah, it was one of the people from Bellator. <laughs> they were like, it was cool to watch. Like It was like she was remote controlled. Like Every time you said something, she was just doing it. <laughs> yeah, um, that's funny. Which is good because that's what you want. Because yeah. as a coach on the outside. Yeah, you can see a lot more. We can see things you can't see. You're, you're, you're in the moment, in this heat of a moment where – um, you have all this pressure and these lights and you, I mean, you can only see like what's sitting in front of you, which is only about 5% of what's actually there. A lot of it's feel. And then, I mean, there's just a lot that your coaches can see and can, and know and things that, that you can't, especially when it comes to what your opponent's doing. And mm-hmm. I think though, honestly though, even though you were listening, the game plan that we worked pretty much did all of it. You know what yeah. I mean? Cutting the outside corner where she couldn't get to your outside left side. She was never able to like really run away from you. Mm-hmm. And then she wasn't circling well back to her right. She honestly, a lot of what we work in that step with that step through was almost not necessary because she wasn't running back to her right the way that we, we thought mm-hmm. that she was going to. Yeah. I thought she was going to like, when you cut that left side off, I thought she was going to run hard back to the right side. Mm-hmm. And she didn't really do that, surprisingly, yeah. you know? I thought it that didn't was gonna be seem more like she movement. was like very different from any of her other fights. What do you mean she wasn't different? Like I expected like a little bit. Like improvement? Like, yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, she may have. She may have improved exponentially on her grappling. We have never seen her grapple before. True, yeah. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, her defense was... Yeah, she, she, she had good submission defense. She had mm-hmm. good toughness. Mm-hmm. Um, she may know. have. I mean, she may have did all that during camp but you got, I mean you can't you can't deny the fact that you went through a tough ass camp too so mm-hmm. right yeah true. I mean, you know I mean you and prepared for all that the, so. the other thing was too is is it it was a lot easier for us to prepare for her than it was for her to prepare for you because yeah. it was really hard to know what you were going to go in there I mean they knew they knew that you were going to go in there and look for the takedown but 
Valerie Loretta that night versus you a year ago would be you. Like, if had you the same you that fought her teammate Kayla, whatever her last name is. What's her last mm. name? I think it's Haracha. 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 Whatever. You would have lost if that you had stepped in the cage that night. You would have lost. You know, um, just just um, from a from a technical standpoint because you didn't know how you weren't you didn't do a good job cutting angles off. And with Kayla, it was harder to do because she was as a boxer a little better at cutting those angles. But it, it, it mindset such a big thing in this sport. I think more. In, I think it's big in any sport. I think it's big in life. Like going in with the right mindset, with the with the right mm-hmm. attitude and the right like focus. But in combat sports, especially like MMA, it's such a different thing. Like you have to be so tough, like so mentally strong. You have to have mm-hmm. such a good mindset to be. And there's so many athletes that, and that's true. Like the top of a lot of sports, you know, like the NFL and stuff. But there's so many athletes that are athletic enough that they could go and compete in in the UFC or whatever. Mm-hmm. The, there's way more athletes that are probably athletic enough to do it in the UFC than other oh, yeah. than like the NFL and NBA because there's weight classes and there's things. Mm-hmm. But there's so few athletes that have the mentality, have the grit, have the drive, have the work ethic, have the um, all those things in place to get them mm-hmm. to that level. Because, like for instance, let's say basketball. Yes, you have to do things outside of practice, but. You have a coach and you have a team there. You have a time that you have to be at practice every day in high school, in college. You know what I mean? Like, like they're going to make you work on things. You've got a team of people behind you. For a lot of people like you or people like in a small town like this, like if you can't have this, the drive to get up and do it yourself, it's probably just not going to get done. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like you have to, like nobody's making you go to class. Nobody's making you train. If it's just like, you have to be the kind of person that has the mindset of that. There's almost like not like like during that during a camp for you, for instance. And I'm the same way. And if you fight, you have to be this way. It's like not an option to not train. Training, not training, mm-hmm. not showing up is not an option, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You, you have to. But there's nobody technically making you. Yeah. I mean, I try to. I mean, you'll probably pull me out of the fight, but yeah, probably. Unless I would. I've already signed a contract. Right. With, with, well, with this Bellator <laughs> fight, I really couldn't because I'm not yeah. managing you anymore. Technically, yeah. Matt has to pull you out of the fight now, mm. and um, but still, like right. you're watching me every day, and you yeah. can text Matt anytime. Yeah, and be like, um, she ain't ready. <laughs> right, but at the end of the day, as as a pro at this point in your career, where you are pulling out of the fights on you now, like I can't really do it anymore. Like in the, the day, if you make up your mind that you're gonna fight without me, I would just have to kick you off my team. I couldn't really kick like with amateurs. I can just kick them off the card, mm-hmm. but with you, I could I could only kick you off the team. You know what I mean? You could still go through the fight without me. Um, but, you know, it, it's such a mental toughness thing. Like like when I used to train for fights, like there was no team, really. Right. You know what I mean? There was a few of us, but the majority of my training was just like me yeah. by myself in a heavy bag or me running or me and a couple of my buddies or my two or three teammates. That You know what I mean? It was, it was, a, it was just a different thing, and it takes a little bit more. And then not to mention the fact that on top of all that, it's a fight. Yeah. It's not a ball game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're in a fist fight. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it is. You're in a fist fight in front of thousands of people. And in your case, I mean, maybe millions of people watch that. I don't know. Yeah, because even though I didn't see anyone in the crowd, I knew that those very large cameras in my face yeah. were. How did that affect you people. mentally, you think? 
it was kind of hyping me up honestly like at the yeah. beginning of the fight it was just like whoa i've never seen a camera that big yeah <laughs> it was a really cool atmosphere too yeah it was, it was pretty, cool. pretty cool yeah i enjoyed it honestly like i felt fine in the media which like the after fight thing i feel like maybe i would have been more nervous and like stumbled over my words if like a lot of people were there in front of me but because of the covid stuff it was just like skype interviews so it was really easy to i think i would have been better with people yeah Personally. i don't know we'll see you next yeah. time maybe but yeah. what about um like you uh <clears throat> like you went in there with with me and mo and jake but i mean you had a gym behind you that was back on you had a whole shit ton of people watching you but how did it feel to go in there with me and Jake and Mo and then come out and having people want autographs and pictures and stuff? Me that personally, so that weird. put a huge smile on my face. I thought that was cool for you. I thought it was, it was cool. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. It was cool. I thought that was badass. People waiting outside the door, you know, to get to get out autographs and stuff. Yeah. That's a, a pretty cool moment. That's you know, neat, yeah. I mean, they were doing it with everybody, but yeah. still, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's still cool that you, I mean, not to underplay it, though. Like, yeah. you're, you're at a point in your career that you're right. fighting on a card where people stand outside waiting to get interviews from the people that are on that card. Yeah. yeah. And ever since, like, even before the fight, I was having a lot of interview yeah. requests, but, like, now I can't even keep up with it. I'm like, yeah. I mean, my advice would be to do almost as many as you could because, I mean, shit. Might as well. It's all good press, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's all good press. So. It's a lot of it. I see it coming across Instagram all the time. Like, Instagram pages I don't know, and, it, and there's, I'm like, damn, there's Hannah. Yeah. There's Hannah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It is. It it's is hard. really crazy. I'm trying not to, like, get caught up in it yeah and i feel like i'm doing a good that's job, important because at the end of the day it's not real yeah like nothing none like of that's real. all none of like half those people would be right not you right. know showing love to me if yeah. i hadn't won exactly know? and then so. if you went lose your next one they're gonna call you know they, they may call you the hype train mm-hmm. you know what i mean like like they're so fickle they're yeah. so fucking fickle it's insane yeah. like not just the media not just the media the fans everybody even people like like i remember there was a guy who uh trained with us for a long time and he quit training with us all of a sudden i was wondering like whatever happened to him he was a tough guy he had a couple fights i I think he even won them while he was training with us and then when somebody asked him why he quit training he was like man those guys are a bunch of losers they lose all the time i'm not training with them you know this was a guy that like trained with us Mm. do you even do you know who i'm talking about i'll tell you later if you don't you say you think so i I think i think you were talking about the other day i can't remember yeah And it like I got really butthurt at the time because at the time I was you know I'm 22 years old I'm a new gym owner I have clearly not figured this thing out yet because my fighters are not doing well <laughs> I think in like a two year span we had one fighter that had won two fights and everybody else had lost every other fight it was a pretty rough period um, and that that went on for like two years and then it slowly kind of till started tilting the other way as time with time you know. Uh, for a few different reasons, not just because I got better as a coach. We got better athletes, better matchups, whatever. Um, but it was a really tough time. And I remember, like, this guy that was supposed to be, like, I thought was, like, part of our team just turned on us in a heartbeat, just within a, a, a few fights. Like, we all suck. Yeah, just terrible. You know what I mean? And now I'll even I, – I, I've seen him out since, and I'm just kind of like, what a pussy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like you're that weak-minded. You're that much of a little shit that, like, you just turned on your team in a heartbeat because they start they lost some fights, and now we're winning. And like, he's even po- he even posted something one time about how, like I know exactly what you're talking about now. Yeah, and and you're just like you're a little you're a little shit. You're a little shit for Brian. I know you've you know? told me you don't know him. Name? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's nobody you know. Okay, that's probably why. I um, and he's not. He's not. It, it, was not, it wasn't like a super considerable person, but it happened with a few people. You know, I had people that like blamed me for losses that clearly weren't my fault. Um, like I had one fighter one time. You probably remember this. I had a fighter that 
uh, he only showed up to class like one or two days a week to get rid of the fight. The rest of the time he was just doing CrossFit and running. Was it this? Was this same person somebody who brought his girlfriend to watch him? Nope. Oh, that was a different person. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, and and then like the fight was over and he lost and like they would like blame me. That happened all the time back in the day. That's why I have a standard. Like if you're gonna fight for us, these are the things I require, or you can't fight for us. Was because like. I would have fighters that like wouldn't show up to train and then would blame me when they lost. I was like, you can't blame me if you didn't come to class. You know what I mean? Like I can't, that can't like, you really can't blame me at all. Like any more than you can blame me for like, give me the praise for the win. Like if you win, you know, like that wasn't all me either. You know what I mean? And if you lose, it can't be all me. Like, like Hannah winning that fight was not, I wasn't in there like taking those punches and, and you know, digging through like that exhaustion or whatever and dealing with the lights. Like I was on the sidelines you know, gagging in a bucket for my nerves, but I wasn't like, what? I wasn't getting, yeah, I'm always that way before a fight. Usually. Gagging? I didn't gag on the, did I, I don't think I gagged it was on this intense one. intense right there though. Yeah, I got, I got, I was hiding it pretty well. I was pretty nervous. Because <laughs> we had a little bitty camera like here. Yeah. Oh right dang. That didn't yeah. bother me. That, the camera didn't? The camera didn't get to me at all. I didn't even notice it. Like, you didn't notice that one? Or I mean, I knew it was there, but I didn't, I'm, I, being on camera doesn't bother me at all. What bothers me is just, like, I worry about you getting hurt or I wasn't even really worried about you losing at all like i wasn't concerned with that i didn't want you to get like obviously didn't want you to get like embarrassed or look Mm -hmm. bad i wanted you to look good but if like you look if you went in there and lost a decision or something i wouldn't have been my my world it was not going to change my world at all you know Mm -hmm. like i was going to come back here on monday and do the same thing either way (laughs) you know like i and the people that love me are going to love me like i have a lot of people congratulating me too and I'm like, you know, yeah. like it didn't change, but it didn't change my life at all. The people who are going to mm-hmm. love me are going to love me either way. The people who yeah. are important in my life are going to be important either way. Right. So it doesn't matter if, um, you know, if you won or lost. So. I think that was another uh, reason why my mindset maybe was good because I didn't have any pressure like at all. Yeah. Like Valerie had like all the pressure. So. All of it. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the reasons I wasn't nervous either. Like, mm. I felt like the thing is she's getting a lot of hate that I think is undeserved. Yeah, it's really bad. Oh, yeah. yeah, she's getting a lot. It's just of, I think I don't know if she's cocky online or not, but people were acting like she was. But still, yeah. like I didn't follow her. That people much. were just. You think it got in her head that her walkout song when she come out to you, you was dancing to it? Maybe, and I was like talking to her in the beginning of the fight. I, I was just like, "Are we?" Hit, uh, touching gloves. Touching gloves. Yeah, there's no crowd. And so then she like said, you. "Yeah," and uh, and I smiled, and I was like, "Okay, I just wanted to make sure." Yeah, and you, I kind of chuckled. Laughed. Yeah, yeah. I laugh. <laughs> and then when she come out her song, you was over at dance. I was like, "Oh, that's yeah." <laughs> I was just happy well, to she, be there. She's right. trying to come out and intimidate, and then look over and see like she dancing. It's not song. working at all. Yeah. It's not working at all. Sorry, what? that, that it, you weren't it didn't seem intimidated. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah th- I just think that. I think it was a really, really good opportunity because, you know, with you not, you had nothing to lose. Your life didn't change if you lost. There was really nothing but good things that could come out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, it was kind of a, and, and, and really that's true of every fight going forward. And that's the reason why it's so hard for fighters to retain the belt, because that's really the first, like when you, a belt retention is the first fight. I think a lot of people feel like they have anything to lose. Um, Or, you know, if they felt they're going to get cut or something. But the thing about it is you have a really, you have a really strong support system. Like, you just enjoy competing. And I've tried to stress. I try to stress to everybody that fights out of here, especially if they're good. I try to really stress to them, like, don't ever let get caught up in the in the hype of your own hype train. Don't ever get caught up in, like, the, the fans or the haters. Because the thing is, when you give the, the fans power when you're popular, you also give the fans power when you're not popular anymore. 
mm-hmm. and you will eventually not be popular anymore for one reason or another. It doesn't matter. Eventually, it may not be from a loss. Look at John Jones. John Jones has tons of haters. Yes, he's a little bit of a dick. Okay. <laughs> a little bit. He's a little bit of a dick, but he has tons of haters. Why does this God of a man have so many haters in the MMA community? Well, because... Because everybody does. Everybody does. Yeah. <laughs> and if you give them the pow- the people who love you f- without cause, who aren't in your life, that power, you give the people that are going to hate you that power too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you have to like, you have to understand what's important and the hype of Instagram or like TikTok or like if you, like we had a video, I got a video blow up on TikTok, which isn't a big deal. And it was, it was cool to watch it blow up, but I knew it wasn't going to lead to like TikTok fame or anything. I didn't, you know, never had that illusion in my head. But, you know, like if you get yourself caught up in that and you start thinking too much about that, then you end up, you end up putting unnecessary pressure on yourself. And it's, I mean, if you think about like, I've talked about pressure on here before, like fight pressure or whatever. And you think about it in terms of like a, take an everyday activity, like walking across uh, like a one foot board. Like I put, let's say I put a, a two by 12 on the ground. I'm like, hey, walk across this two by 12. Most people could walk across that two by 12. Not me. Yeah, you could. A two by twelve is twelve foot across. I mean, twelve twelve inches across. Oh, it's a foot. It's a oh, foot okay, wide. Okay, no, two okay. by four, like a two by twelve. Okay, it's twelve inches okay, across. Okay, I could do that. One. Yeah, the average person could walk across that. <laughs> yeah, two by four. Sadly, you, you may have some trouble with that. That's not your strong suit. Um, your feet have got a lot better in this camp, though. So. Uh, I'm still just or- uncoordinated with that kind of stuff. Not too bad. I mean, I don't think you're as bad as you think you are. You probably shouldn't say stuff like that. Like, you're really I'm not. not I'm not bad. uncoordinated. I'm not uncoordinated. Yeah, I mean. You, I am coordinated. It's not the, the strongest part of your game, but, you know, you, you, you do pretty well now. I mean, you've, you've untrained a lot of your crappy coordination. But you take that same 2 by 12 and you put it 100 feet in the air. And I don't put a harness on you. And I tell you to walk across that or 200 feet in the air, 300 feet in the air. Like where you know a slip up means certain death. The pressure of you know your foot not landing on that two by four just right means certain death. Even if they're able to walk across it, when you look at them, they're like, they're shaky and they're like not relaxed. And that not relaxed makes it look like they're losing their balance. They're like, oh, oh, oh. You know what I mean? They look, they, they almost have to like sit down and scoot across it. They can't walk across it the same way they could when it was on the ground. They may be able to walk across it. But it's not the same way. Their arms are out. They're all like nervous and shaking and, and, and tilting back and forth as they mm-hmm. as they bumble across this two by 12, right? Mm-hmm. So you took something that is so instinctual, something you do every single day of your life, something that, I mean, arguably, it's one of the things you should be the best at. Of all your skills, the ability to walk is one of the things you have the most practice at. You do it every day, as long as you have working legs. Um, so shout out to all my wheelchair folks, all my all my two wheelers, uh, all my all my all my all those guys. Shout out to y'all. Y'all got it way harder than us. But for the people of us who can walk, you know, it's like the most it's like the most basic thing that we can do. And when you take something and you like pressure and you apply it to something that basic, and you see us not be able to do it, that's fucking crazy. You know what I mean? So then you take something like fighting or a skill of like playing golf or or catching a ball or throwing a ball or or whatever and you apply something super skilled with that same kind of pressure to it where you feel like your life is riding on it your livelihood is riding on it when you when you apply that to it of course you're not going to do it as well mm-hmm. of course you're not going to perform so like really what separates the people who become high level athletes and the ones who don't 
especially in the sport of fighting, is not always or even the majority of the time it's not even always athleticism. It's not always ability. It's just mindset. It's ability to deal with pressure. It's ability to deal with the lights on you. It's ability to do it. Like mm-hmm. you see so many people, myself being in this category at times that in the gym look amazing and then fight and have trouble pulling the trigger, have trouble letting their hands go, freeze up, gas out. Why? You weren't doing anything different than you do every single day. But then when you add that pressure, you can't perform. You know what I mean? Yep. So that's my, that's my, I've talked about that on here before, but I wanted right. to revisit it. Yeah. I want to talk about something else today. I want to talk about bullying in 2021 or in the 21st century. You know what I mean? Because, all right, we're all into martial arts in here, real martial arts, like jujitsu and stuff. <laughs> not saying there's other martial arts, not calling any, any particular <laughs> martial art, not a real martial art. Here's the thing. Here's my two cents on martial arts. I've said this on here too, I think. If your martial arts, if you have ever said any utterance of the phrase of my martial art isn't so much about fighting, that's not a martial art. Like, oh, well, it's really more about forms. Okay, then you are in a dance class. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's not a martial art. If, if, like, if you ever tell me, like, well, you know, it's our martial arts, art. it's really just about, like, the, the art of, like, the form and the aesthetic of and it. And the discipline. That is bullshit that means it's not a real martial art martial arts you know the term martial art comes from mars the god of war it means we're practicing the art of war we're practicing the art of to me practicing shooting my gun is more of a martial art than doing katas is i digress so let's so <laughs> as, as as uh as martial artists who you know we make money helping kids not get bullied but Hear me out. I think that is such an overused term in today's society. The term bullying. Like, every time somebody teases your kid, your kid is not getting bullied. Okay? Every time somebody, like, makes fun of what your kid's wearing or whatever. Like, okay, let me put it to you like this. If your kid goes to school and sits at the lunch table and picks his boogers and eats it, and you've never told your kid not to do that, like really, really drove it home. That's not going to be socially acceptable. And then your kid gets picked on at school. Uh, it's not the kid's fault. The kids aren't bullies. You're a piece of shit. You didn't get your kid ready for life. You suck. And now your kid's having the consequences of you sucking. Don't get mad at the principal. Don't get mad at the teachers. Don't get mad at everybody else because your kid at 11 years old doesn't know to go, not to go digging for gold and pop it down his gullet <laughs> at the lunch table. Okay? There's no reason to get mad at Miss Pink, Pinkerton or whatever her, her teacher name is because the kids are calling your kid booger eater in the sixth grade. It's your freaking fault and let me tell you something that is society's way of making up for your bad parenting that is society's way of making up for your bad parenting because you let your kid leave the house in you know a crazy stupid outfit with long red socks and didn't tell them that that didn't look good and then they went to school and everybody called them ronald mcdonald for a week that's not bullying that's your kid learning about fashion Guess what? Negative reinforcement for stupid actions is how we all learn to be in society together. 
as your job as a parent is in the first three, four, five, six years is help your kids be as socially interactable as possible to help them be able to interact with adults and kid, other kids and make friends and have adults like them and have people enjoy being around them where they're not smacking on their freaking food at, you know, seven, eight, nine years old. Guess what? If your kid's still smacking on food at seven, eight, nine years old, they're probably going to have some people that don't like being around them. And guess what? I'm going to be one of them. Me too. And Fuck your kids. The other issue is like it's created like a victim like Men- mentality. Absolutely. And so like not all the kids, they're like expecting everyone else to fix it for them. Absolutely. Or like. like Or the parents, like they're expecting the school yeah. to fix it. Yeah. yeah. But you need to teach your kid to like stand up for themselves yeah. and like physically like verbally whatever you need to do but you need to help them like yeah. build that confidence and absolutely that for themselves well, not only instead of blaming other people it's, it's one thing when it's like a consistent thing every day and your kid's like scared to go to school right. and thinking about yeah, killing that, himself that's, that's bullying yeah. but when it's like your kid's getting teased because he smacks at the lunch table like i'm astounded like, we talked about this before or a second ago i'm astounded at the fact that there are adult men I'm talking to guys in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s that still smack, with, chew their food with their mouth open. Yep. Do you not watch television? Do you, have you not picked up on social cues enough at this point in your life to know that it's not acceptable to eat food with your fucking mouth open? How do you not know that yet? How did you not figure this out? In the, in the, in the grand scheme of things, you haven't watched enough movies, television, read and listened to the writing enough. There have been people talk shit about people smacking everywhere for as long as I've been alive. Yep. You haven't figured out that's not acceptable? You know what I mean? Like, come on, bro. You're not paying attention. You don't give enough of a shit. You know what What I think? When you don't give enough of a shit to stop opening your mouth when you chew for you food, you should get picked on. <laughs> That's what I think. I'm sorry. You should get picked on. People should make you feel bad about yourself until you stop the negative action. Because we don't want to see all mushy mouth over there chewing up his spaghetti with his mouth open like a freaking mouth breather. Okay? If you haven't learned to breathe through your nose yet... Guess what? Go buy you some Afrin, sweetheart, because nobody wants to see lasagna mouth smacking down on some, you know, some <laughs> pasta in the middle of the day. Like, dude, you're an adult. Like, how have you not gotten some negative reinforcement from this? And if you're so dumb and so attached to this negative habit that you refused to change it based on some lost sense of identity, I see that more than anything else. I see people take their negative self traits and just link it to themselves as like part mm-hmm. of their personality, mm-hmm. their oh identity, God, I can't stand and then that. refuse to change it because it's just who I am. Go fuck yourself. Yep. I hope you get bullied by every individual that you meet for the rest of your life until you change. And if I if you don't and you refuse, I hope you kill yourself. <laughs> that's just my that's my way out there view that's not even true. But because I don't actually think that, but <laughs> okay, I'm glad you I don't really want you to kill yourself. But at the same time, it, it's just you got some weak genes, man. You got some weak genes. <laughs> like you aren't your belief systems. You aren't your negative personality traits. Yeah. Like, like I think as a teenager, we grow up and we like start we, we start trying to figure out who we are. It really happens around middle school. You know what I mean? The junior high years, you start wondering, well, who am I as a person? And then when you don't have a lot of things to reach out and grab, because especially like young men, for instance, like all throughout history, we've had like, like standards for manhood, which we don't have anymore. And then you like, you know, you had like your families, like what they did or whatever. Or a lot of times throughout history, you didn't have time to think about who you were as a person because you were too busy running from lions and, you know, trying to not get eaten. You know, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't matter as much when your life is on the line on it. You're like, well, I'm wondering what I'm going to eat for supper. I'm not really worried about yeah. that. But 
you start trying to wonder, figure out, well, who am I apart from who my parents are? Who am I as a person? What is, and so you start latching typically on to either just what you are at that moment, which is super unhealthy because you've never been shittier than you are right now. Mm-hmm. Or you're never gonna like you should. Th- junior, you sh- huh? Yeah, you should. Yeah. You should oh, yeah. be the shittiest version of yourself at that age. You should be. You should be because you haven't had time to grow and develop. Like mm-hmm. that's the beginning of your growth and development is like junior high. You're starting to figure out who you are. If you take your negative personality traits at that age and that's your personality for the rest of your life, and so oh, many people God. do that. So many people do that though. So many people do that. They're like, well, I'm just fat and lazy I'm this is who I am or I'm just yeah I'm just this guy I'm just the ugly guy I'm just the I'm the guy that gets friend zoned I'm the guy that's not good with girls I'm do you know that literally every part of yourself is changeable I mean you can't change your facial future features without surgery but literally your mindset your your drive you know your game everything's changeable you can change anything about yourself if you want to a lot of it is mm-hmm. people they've got that resistant and rebellious type too I'm yeah. not going to do it because he told me to do it yeah I think a lot of it too is just like it's it's a it's a defense mechanism from rejection. Yeah. Well, instead of like really owning the rejection they've gotten, like yeah. you get turned down by a couple of girls, and it's normal. You should you should have pretty harsh emotions when you get turned down by a girl. It's, it's evolutionary. The reason that the reason that happens, it's ingrained in us in our DNA, is because throughout history, humans lived in small tribes, and in those small tribes, there's only a handful of um, possible mates for us to have children with, right? And being rejected by any of those could be detrimental to us ever reproducing with any of them. Yeah. Because now that when I go to the next one, she's going to be like, well, pff, she already turned you down. She didn't like you. I don't like you either. Like, she, you're too low value for her, and I think I'm higher value than she is, or at least on the same level, you know? Yeah. Like, well, you're settling for me now. Like, you know, like, you're not pre-selected by other women, so we're not going to let you we're not gonna have babies with you right that mindset in 2021 is absolutely ridiculous yeah there's like eight almost eight billion people in the world yeah <laughs> we have the internet you know what i mean like there's like literally there's an you don't in- even have to get rejected face to face anymore. yeah i mean I, I think you should i mean yeah you definitely you should. should but yeah. i'm just saying if somebody chose to be that way yeah they could, you know? and i think that i think you just like but but but, but guys especially white guys specifically it's something about white guys that just cannot handle rejection from the opposite sex. Yeah. You don't see black guys doing this as much. And I don't know why that is. I think maybe it might be a mental toughness thing. Like other part, like it's white guys who didn't have hard lives. You know what I mean? Like they really will like, can't take the rejection. And that just goes to prove that like hardship in one part of your life makes you stronger in other aspects oh, of your yeah. life. It cuts them yeah. off the knees. Yeah. Like, oh, God. And you see these guys, they grew up in like suburbia and mom, dad was a lawyer, had like a good yeah. job and he had all of this, everything taken care of. Then he gets shut down by a couple of girls and then he just plays video games all day. And he over. just, oh, geez, I'm just going to, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to live at home till I'm 35. Wesley's yeah. face. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't on the camera, but what, it was good. What a fucking shit bag you are. <laughs> what a, what a absolute useless human you are if you like completely shut down from society because of a couple of rejections because you just aren't mentally tough enough to take it because that's what it is it's a lack of mental toughness and i'm I'm not i'm not saying that if you should bully people but you you, let me tell you who i think you should bully seriously you know you should bully your friends you should bully your friends A, a good amount of friend bullying is so healthy it's such a good thing because here's the thing your friends especially like in high school they're gonna do some silly shit 
they're going to do some ridiculous things that are just dumb. And what I've seen is if they don't have good friends to be like, bitch, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? If they don't have good friends to be like, hold up, bro. That's retarded. Don't do that. <laughs> they're just going to keep doing it because yeah. they're stupid. Because <laughs> people are dumb. You need that. You need good friends to like, like I remember when I was like, and I'm not even, I'm not going to use my friend's name, but but the thing about it was was he grew and evolved from this. I remember I had this friend, and all he ever wore was like a stained white T-shirt, khaki cargo shorts, <laughs> and some white tennis Which shoes. Which friend was this? I just said I'm not going to use his name. It's your friend, though. but his name rhymes with Banyan Koykin. <laughs> <laughs> and he wore these dirty fucking tennis shoes that smelled like death. Like they were awful. Like your boxing gloves did. Yeah, the old boxing gloves. Exactly. And somebody should have told me I need to go buy some new freaking boxing gloves. But right. he didn't have like a lot of money. He didn't up. exactly. Right. You know what I did? Is I took his. I, I like stopped him. I'm like, hey, bro. Here's the deal. I'm not going to be seen out in public with you like this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I wasn't trying to be mean to him. I was like, but I know. I knew he didn't have a lot of money. He didn't have a job. His mama didn't have any money to give him to go buy clothes. So I went and bought him some clothes. Oh, let's go, let's go get you some shoes, dog, that don't look like you're homeless. Because his shoes were the worst thing. And, like, he had this identity linked to this white T-shirt. He, had, <laughs> he wore this white T-shirt, and that was his thing. Dirty tennis shoes, khaki cargo shorts, white T-shirt. He was like, that's me. And I'm like, you, you got to stop that. That's not you. That makes it very obvious. And there's, I'm not saying there's anything wrong, wrong with growing up in a trailer park, but I'm saying that being the first thing you put out there to people is... I don't have any money. I grew up in a trailer park and I don't give a fuck about the way I look is probably not the best thing to lead with in a social situation. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. the, it's not like, and I'm not saying you got to dress like in Gucci or, or yeah, but we Louis have Baton. good wheels. We have Salvation Army. Bro, where you can get some if you're my homeboy okay looking and stuff. We're hanging out on the regular. I'm going to get you in some polo or something. Like, I'm not, I'm <laughs> like, I'm just not going to so be bougie. out. Of, I'm not, uh, that's not even that nice, though. You know what I mean? Like, maybe not polo, but at least some Old Navy. At least getting some Old Navy. You know what I mean? Get some Old, old Navy. Old kind of expensive, too, though. No, it's not. You can't find stuff on sale there. <laughs> what are you talking about? It is not expensive to shop at Old Navy. But I don't like paying more than $10 for a shirt. So. Well, God, well, let me tell you something. Guys can't, guys can't do that. Yeah. Women can get away with that. You've told me that so many times, and I've gone in the men's section a few times just to see for myself and you're right yeah <laughs> if you if you buy a ten dollar shirt as a guy i'm not saying that you can't look good in it once but you won't look good in it twice do you buy stuff yeah. off wish no but i gotta like tj maxx and so shop in the clearance the thing section. the thing is though tj maxx clothes they're not the same not in the minute section because i'll buy like a ralph i don't wash polo. my clothes though that's gross that's <laughs> <laughs> because when i dress nice like i don't, I don't wash my dress up stuff as much but i do i mean i'm, I'm gonna if i sweat it i'm gonna wash it well yeah like if i if i get it stinky but usually i don't yeah if usually don't. if i'm dressing nice like i'm not trying to get nasty yeah, yeah. and i make sure it's like washed i think properly. we need to bully you about washing your clothes <laughs> except i don't stink so <laughs> I'm not, but if I did stink, I should absolutely be bullied Don't take about. this as like you need to be picking on your friends all the time. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, though, is good friends know how to, like, address certain awkward situations. Like, 
like we, we, do, I, we do bully and pick on each other too though. absolutely yeah. and you should yeah you probably should. the most society the most i got bullied by my friends was like when i was friends with like my which we've talked about this but yeah. matthew logan Anna emily all them that live in texas now like i got bullied super hard because i would put <laughs> i just spilled tequila all over myself <laughs> you can, looks like i peed my pants oh i don't have a shot glass never mind i was gonna say i'm ready for shots now but they there you go thanks they bullied me pretty hard because i put some dumb shit on social media that was good for you then i would put like quotes and shit yeah. like blade I mean, I mean i've done that before but i mean there's a time and a place but yeah and like some of the stuff i would say man you just called blade out on the podcast <laughs> i'm sorry blade i love man. you but yeah I gotta say, he does put some <laughs> stupid shit on social media. We love you, though. I do love you, but you do like this is us bullying you as friends. Yeah, very, very, <laughs> very publicly. If you hear this, shots. Yeah, like the only thing that really gets to me isn't so much the quote that he made; it's the fact that he quoted it as himself at the end of the quote. Like he'll like put some like trite inspirational quote and then like dash blade at the end of it. That's the part that I get like. I'm kind of dang, bro. You spilled what? Water's all over the place. Why is everybody spilling <laughs> everything right now? What is happening? Okay, everybody like, is in y'all too. I haven't spilled shit. Not yet. Not yet. But you know what? It goes true though. Like uh, I've learned a lot lately that you've said this before that if, if we ain't punching each other in the face or clowning on each other, we're not friends. We're not friends. Absolutely. And that the, the older I get, that's true. Yeah. Like my closest friends in this gym, like especially back here when we're prepping for class, <laughs> changing for jujitsu or changing yeah. for MMA. Yeah. It's a smoke show back there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's not like how I know you're my friend. And that's a really good way. You can tell how much I like you very much based on how I act around you. And I cannot fake it. I'm the world. Did someone fart? No. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't fart. I think it was Mo. He's laughing really hard about it. <laughs> what does that mean? Not me? This is the last person to put it on their head, did it? I'll do, I'll do this. Uh, okay, Jake, because okay. he did nose goes and stuff. What we were supposed to do. Whoops. Jake farted. Okay, I guess it was me. It wasn't me. But, um, <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, like that's like so you can like I'm the world's worst. I was talking about this with Alan yesterday. Um, I'm the world's worst about pretending to like people. I can I can't do it. Oh yeah, it's I can't do it. Other people can do it. I see other. I can do it like in a oh, professional I, setting. A yeah, little bit. I'm not very good at it. I'm at all. the worst. The older I get, it's harder to do. So like, it's harder to do. If I'm super. Thankfully, prof- I like a lot of people. Yeah. If but, I'm super professional with you then that means that I don't know you slash maybe don't like you. But if I don't like you, I can't pretend to like you. I yeah, can't I can't be way. friendly. I can't like I just can't do it. Luckily, like you said, there's not that many people I just there's I, I dislike more than you do, but there's not that many people I just don't like. But if I don't like you, I can't fake it. Right. I'm, yeah. I just I really wish that I could, but I can't. I just like you, you can see it on my face. I look like I'm in pain when I'm hanging <laughs> out with you. Like you'll say stuff and I'm just kind of wincing and kind of like, like, what the that's fuck? why I've always had more problems with like some of my family members more than my sister because she's really good at like faking, faking it, it even though if she's not having a good time or if it's like an uncomfortable situation she's really good at like mm-hmm. keeping the peace and stuff not that way yeah I mean, it uh, eats at me like I feel like it's just pressure building you mm-hmm. mean to, you mean to tell you the other thing that really hurts me I think is that when people say like I feel like your friends should be the people bullying <laughs> you for saying ridiculous things but people that I'm not close to will say just ridiculous shit and I can't let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I can't let it go. 
I can't just let it go and just let the silly, let stupid shit that they just said just just because I'm just thinking like maybe somebody heard that and they think that's acceptable now. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to laugh directly. <laughs> you know what used to bother me like that? What? Remember that, like, that guy that used to come to class and he'd come for like two or three weeks and he'd he'd, he'd skip like a month and then he'd come back and be like, "Hey man, you think I can get that free trial?" Oh my God! <laughs> what? Yes. He'd, skip, he'd skip for like a month and come yes. back like three weeks he later. He would come <laughs> and like, he would like he he would come what? and he would sign up. This was before I owned the gym. Uh, we called him Totem Toe, and it's a real racist reason why we called him Totem Toe. If I'm being honest, he was Native American and he had oh. fucked up toes. His toes were like eagle talons. It looked like he like. Wait, I, I may know who you're talking about. Was he training when I was training? No, way before oh, you. Years, time. years, years before you. Um, but his toes looked like eagle talons. I, I think that like his Native American name was probably like Eagle Talon, and it wasn't. It was Dylan. Yeah, I'm but, not gonna lie, that's fucked up. Yeah, it was real racist for me to say that just then. But his feet were real messed up for real, and because he was Native American with messed up feet, we called him totem toe, like totem pole. It was it was kind of messed up. As but, long as y'all are friends with him, I don't see it as messed yeah, up. Yeah, to find Not friends, it was like fucked up, like gym friends kind of. But he would come in and he would he would come in he would try, he would like try the class out. He'd sign up. His dad might like pay for the first for the month or whatever, which was it was at that time it was like forty bucks or something. And then he would come a couple times that week, a few times that week, and then he would disappear for like a month or two. Then he would come back and be like, and do a free class again. <laughs> And then not like any would sign up or not sign up, whatever. Did but he was. Not, and then a did couple, someone not tell him uh-uh. you can't do another free well, class? No, well, he would he, say it like he, this though. He, he got like, not. He got like two or three or four of them for free. free like classes. he was just slick about it. I mean, at that time, it wasn't really run like it's run now. We were just kind of just having class. Like there wasn't like a whole lot of appointment setting or like there was no book that anybody was on. It's just like if you showed up, you showed up. If you didn't, you didn't. Um, huh. Okay. Which is it was more of a team than yeah. it wasn't like a gym, and then. He would just show up, and I remember he did it for like t- a year or two. Yeah. And he shows up like the sixth time, and he's like, "Hey, bro, the first class is free, right?" He's and I'm like, "Dude, you've, one time you've said, already done your free first class. Like, <laughs> this is your hundredth class." About. Yeah, he's like, "I, I just want to go see what it's about." Like, dude, you you've been here. What do you What do you mean you want to see? Like, you've been a member four times already. And it's forty dollars a month. Yeah, it was like fifty by the time he asked. Fifty dollars so. a month. Yeah, okay. at that time it was way too cheap. That's a third of what people pay now or a quarter even sometimes yeah. you know what i mean like like it, it, it with no down payment it was insane like why like, do you keep wanting free classes because he just you know because he didn't like, value it he didn't value it. that's why he didn't stick to it like it was no value to him that's you what i'm saying I mean? that's one of them things that people say that like when you hear it you're like people just people just they just be saying stuff they just say things <laughs> and that's why you need friends to be like you're just saying things right now bro you're just your mouth is open and, and word vomit's coming out but it's just like you're just things are coming out of your mouth right now <laughs> you know like i just i just but you need to stop it you need to stop letting things come out of your mouth and you know what though and you need to have the the the, the self-awareness to like do that to yourself too like yeah. I have to sometimes yeah. I'll be talking and I'm just like a little bit right now. I'll, I'm kind of like, you know what? Things are just kind of coming out of my mouth right now. <laughs> I'm just sort of talking and it doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're just, just kind of beating this dead horse or what, you know, and I'll have to like stop myself and be like, shit. All right, let me back up and just shut the fuck up for a while. Let me just be quiet. That's good. Let me be able to self-evaluate. I think that does do, take time. Do you, though. you know what creates that? Getting bullied by your friends. 
Also, just like being aware that you're being. But retarded. do you know how you become aware? Somebody has to tell you that that's retarded. Because yeah, like your mind is just like programmed. It's just a programmed computer. It's just running the program that it's been programmed to do. It's running whatever program that it's been designed to do by your parents, by your environment, by your friends. Like it's just running that programming, which is a crazy thing because when you think about it, that's all your brain is. Everything that we experience in our life is just our perception <clears throat> of our environment and our brain running a pro the program that it's been it's been programmed to do like like mm -hmm. our feelings that we feel most of the time is just programming the right. way that we interact with people is just programming um even things that are more genetic oftentimes it's pro it's just genetic programming and the crazy thing that like most people don't know that i think really sets apart like people that end up kind of being able to achieve things and and overcome circumstances is like understanding that you can change that programming yeah. like you you don't have to accept your programming you don't have to accept the fact that you know your parents were a piece of shit and didn't teach you the right things to do that you can go out and learn the right things to do or the fact that like you had a really tough childhood or a really tough like go at it in your first business or your fight career or whatever you had this really tough go at it like you can always change that programming the problem with it is a lot of times people want to change the programming without, without hard work. It's just like changing your physical programming. Yeah, nobody wants to work hard. Yeah, your, phys you know, your body is your physical programming. If you think about it, really, your body is just a result of the way that you've programmed it. It's going to do what you've programmed it to do. And it's crazy repetition. with like stress and everything, how it can affect your body too. Absolutely, because right. your body is, just, is so linked to your brain and then like, your body is going to program to do what you do on a consistent basis. If you consistently eat hot Cheetos and play video games all the time, <laughs> that's all you do. All your body is programmed to do is that. Mm -hmm. So it's going to get fat. Yeah. It's going to look shitty. You're going to feel bad. You're going to feel gonna bad about like yourself. It's going to look like Cheetos. You feel, yeah, you're going to look like a bag of Cheetos. <laughs> Well, then when you start thinking about like, okay, well, I want to change this programming. Unless you're on steroids, I guess. Nope. No, Absolutely no. not. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, steroids don't work unless you do. I don't actually know how steroids work. I was just Yeah, they don't work unless you do. Yeah, it's only oh, 50%. Okay. You have to put in another part. Yeah, of it. really the okay. biggest thing steroids does is it does a, it a testosterone allows you to put on muscle. First off, helps you recover faster. It right? helps you recover between workouts. So you can That's train the more. biggest difference. The biggest difference is I'm not going to sit here in front like I've never been on testosterone. <laughs> uh, I'm not even going to lie. I have and the biggest difference is when I'm on testosterone, I can do two a days, no problem. Yeah. Like, like after I've like I can, after a couple of weeks, I can I can train twice a day, and my body will bounce back. When I'm not on testosterone, everything hurts. But it, once again, that still goes back down to program, programming. Without testosterone, you can still train your body to train twice a day. You just mm -hmm. have to do it consistently long enough that your body becomes used to it because it's just a product of the programming. Everyone knows though when you've programmed your body to eat Cheetos and play video games all the time and watch TV all the time and binge watch Netflix, that's what you've programmed your body to do. Everyone knows mm -hmm. to reprogram it takes hard work. That's obvious. You have to go out and you have to exercise. You have to eat healthy. And then over time, it will slowly begin to change and reprogram. Your brain is the exact same way. Yeah. A lot of people think, well, I'm just going to think positively. And then you'll think positively, positively for a day or two. And, well, this shit isn't working. And you just go yeah, back to your, your same approach. intentional. Yeah, over a long period of time. Right. It's very intentional, hard work for long periods of time. You didn't become this negative piece of shit you are today through one or two actions. It was from mm -hmm. an intentional 
action over a long period of time. How you think you're going to change that from one or two days <laughs> is insane to me. Because a lot of times, people that like hold on to trauma, it's a cycle. It's a programming. Once again, it's, it's just a it's the way that your brain has been programmed to work. So you have to remember, like everything in your past is non-existent. It's just a memory. It does not exist. Everything in your future, one hundred percent, does not exist. There isn't like tomorrow is not a thing. <clears throat> the only thing in the world is this moment. This is like my kick right now. I'm really getting into this, like in my life, like yeah. not this moment, but in my life right now. It's like mind blowing. Understanding that everything is right now, this exact moment. All the trauma of your past from your childhood. If you lost a child, which to me is like the worst thing that can happen. A divorce, a failed marriage, a failed relationship, failed relationships with your parents, things that people did to you. It's all just memory. It's not real. <clears throat> it's not happening. You're choosing to relive the programming. You're choosing to wake up and look for the trauma. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a habit. habit. It's a habit that you've gotten into. You wake up in the morning and you think, and I've fallen into it too. I've caught myself into it, in it recently. You wake up in the morning and you just look for unhappiness. You look for trauma. You look for pain. And then you relive like what it you're over used and to over doing. Again. It's not like you want to necessarily. Exactly. But if you're you not being to. intentional and conscious about it. Because you're programmed. Like, yeah. It's a computer. Your brain's a computer and it's programmed to do that. Mm-hmm. Your brain, and the easy thing is to just let yourself fall in a routine. Yeah. Like do what you've always done. The easiest thing like to do with a computer is to do what it's programmed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Just stay in the programming. Absolutely. And so when you begin to change it, it takes time. It takes a lot of effort. It's not easy. And it's very difficult, but it is changeable. Like everything about you is changeable. That's something that like, like that moment thing is like the big thing for me right now because I, my thing is not, for me, it's not the past. Because I don't have a super traumatic, I don't have a super traumatic childhood. I mean, my parents are still together. They're still alive. You know what I mean? I don't. I didn't have like a horrific accident that killed my whole family. I'm not an orphan. You know what I mean? I, like I, I didn't have a super traumatic upbringing, anything like that. But my thing is, I'm always overly focused on the future. I have this belief that yes, I'm miserable now or whatever, but like I'm going to get to this point in my life at some point where I'm going to be things are going to finally click and I'm going to be super successful and rich and I'm going to make all this money and I'm gonna I'm gonna finally be happy. Or whatever. That's bullshit. That's absolute. That's that's you. Like if you're doing things to get yourself there, that's awesome. If you're doing things, but like if you're just like, but you still gotta enjoy like the now. You still have to understand that like the only real is this exact second. Mm -hmm. When I said this thing, the same thing five seconds ago. When I said what I'm saying right now five seconds ago, that's not real anymore. It's past. That's just a memory. It doesn't exist. We can only exist in the in a singular moment in time. One singular moment at time at a time. So how can you take this one moment and make the most of it? Like, this is all we have. Mm-hmm. There is no tomorrow. There is no yesterday. Those are just illusions. The only thing that there is is this exact moment that you're living in. Like, mm-hmm. for you to spend time, a, a super amount of time worrying about tomorrow or a whole lot of time. Uh, oh, it's Alan calling me. The Kalan. I, I don't have my computer on silent uh for me to spend like an exorbitant amount of time thanks it's not coming through my phone it's only coming through my computer um see facetiming yeah thinking about 
things that happened in my past or things that I hope happen in my future is completely a waste of time. Like one of the biggest things that I've been guilty of too, and everybody does this, that is the biggest waste of time and, and human resources possible is sitting around and thinking about what you would do if you won the lottery. What an absolute fucking waste of time that is. It's that especially is so a waste stupid. of time for me because I never... I don't even play the lottery. I don't even know how to do that. I don't either. <laughs> I, don't either. I don't know how to play the lottery. How stupid it is of me to think about what I would do when I win the Powerball lottery. I don't even play the Powerball lottery. I bought one Powerball ticket in my life. One. <laughs> one ticket. I think I bought one of those before. I've only bought one. I know it's one. And I've, it just got me any. another one. And I scratched. Oh, off you did a scratch off, not a Powerball. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know the difference with that stuff. I don't know. Me either. <laughs> I, I know with the Powerball that you have to like pick numbers. I think I'm not a gambler. Gambling has never appealed to me in my entire life. It didn't. It never phased me when yeah. I was in Connecticut. Yeah, never. I never wanted to. The only thing I would gamble is maybe fighters. Only well, if I knew. Like that if I, I knew that they would. Yeah. Win, like that win, crossed my you know? mind. <laughs> I was gonna put a bunch. Of money, I was gonna put a bunch of money on you on that fight. I could I, because I don't gamble. I couldn't figure out how to do it. I didn't. Um, I couldn't give any insight on it. But I was, Chase, gonna, I was gonna drop money with it. Chase yeah. got a lot of money. Apparently, he put down like thirteen hundred dollars. Holy shit! Yeah, he made a bunch of money. And wow. then he did some kind of day trading with that money and made like five times more. Wow, that's awesome. That's nice. He told me that yesterday. He was like, "My family loves you right now." That's what's up. <laughs> That's what's up. Anyway. Sorry, I'm not trying to make it about me. But. No, I mean, I'm, you're the <laughs> guest so, on this mean, episode. So. Damn, so he pulled close to, what, 5,500 back on that? Yep. Something like that. That's wow. what he told me. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. <laughs> and then if he did top five times that, that means <laughs> and he's now you like are wishing you put some money down. I wished I would have when I was trying to put the money on it. But by the time I realized, when I found out what the betting odds were, we were going to warm up. So I was like having to hold mitts for you and shit and not tell you I was about to put a shit ton of money on you. So I was trying to sneak around you. Mm-hmm. So you didn't know I was about to put a bunch of money on you? And yeah, because I didn't want to know if you were putting down like right, a lot. Right, exactly. Too much pressure. And I was going to put a lot. <laughs> I was going to put like 500 bucks. I was going to put as much as Chase. Yeah. I was throwing in on it too. He was going to put a couple hundred on it. So like we were, it was going to be like 700 bucks, something like that. Altogether. Yeah. That's going to be a big return. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a good little, it's going to be a good night. But then I just couldn't figure out. By the time I got the DraftKings like app downloaded, then I was already holding mitts and I couldn't, then I had to like, I had to sign up. So I had to put all my information mm-hmm. down and all that stuff. So it was like. By that time, it was like time to walk out. It was probably too late. That thing went kind of like a slinky. Like it was slow all the way up until, and then it went fast, slow, and then and it was just done. So things happened really quick when we were trying to kind of do that. Was Jalila underdog in his fight? I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, um, what I want y'all to remember this week though is just remember the past is a memory. The future is an illusion. It doesn't exist. Make the most of the moment that you're in right now. Enjoy the moment that you're in right now. And then set yourself up for the next moment. So that doesn't mean a lot of people, I think, take that to an extreme of, you know, be doing whatever pleasures me right now, which would be, you know, eating Cheetos or eating cake. No, think about like that's that's not true happiness. Think push yourself for the next moment, but learn to be happy in this moment because it's the literally the only reality that there is is the exact moment that you're in. So learn to enjoy that and take full advantage of it. This has been episode thirty one of the Man Up Podcast. Remember to leave us five stars on iTunes, um, you know, whatever you get your podcast on. If you can leave reviews, give us five stars. That's the algorithm that helps us get out to more people. Big shout out to Hannah for coming on this episode um, yes. of the Man Up Podcast. <laughs> the only female guest we ever have usually <laughs> is Hannah. Uh, but she's a badass, so she's teaching you. I'm a guy. She's, she's teaching a Hannah guy. <laughs> uh, she's teaching you little F-boys at home how to man up. And she's a girl, so get your shit together. 
I'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Peace. Man up.